0: Praise the Lord, Amen. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. This thing on, yeah, it is, right on. Well, I'll tell you, you know what? Uh, I love listening. Uh, to you guys, just engage in that in, the, in that worship, in that time of, of just uh, lifting up God and stuff like that. I really, really do. But you know, I always got to challenge it um, in myself personally, right? And I have to. I have, and if I'm challenging it with me, I, I want to challenge it with you. And so I, I want to start off today a little different. I have just some wild questions, all right, that I want to ask you, and I, and I need you to be honest with yourself. Actually, I don't need you to be honest with yourself, you need you to be honest with yourself. All right? I'm not here to, and you know, and, 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 you, know you, you may be able to tell a different story to the person next to you, or this person over here, or people around you, but I, I truly am I'm asking you, man, tell yourself an honest story. Right now, when I'm getting ready to ask these questions, because they're big questions, really, really important questions, and I just want to challenge you. I just got four of them I want to challenge you with, all right? And then we're going to kind of take a look and see what's happening here. All right, so, so the first question is, do you ever find yourself judging people, even though you can't stand being judged by others? All right? <laughs> Think about that, man. You ever find yourself, you know what I mean? Just like, I can't stand people judging me. Oh my gosh, did you see that? You know what I mean? Did you see it? You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I want you to be honest with yourself right here. Truly, truly honest with yourself. Do you ever find yourself judging people, even though you can't stand being judged by others? How about this one? Do you ever, do you ever wonder why so many other Christians seem to be having way more fun with this than you? All right, you ever, you ever wonder why, why so, so many other Christians are having a blast with this life, an amazing time with this life, way more fun with this life than you. Even, even when things are going crazy around them, they're just smiling all the time and it freaks you out. All right, is that true? Think about this, think about this. All right, what about this? Do you ever feel like no matter what you do, you can never please God? It's a real question. You ever feel like no matter what you do, man, you just, you just can't please God? What about this one? Do you ever feel like it's almost impossible to live a real, authentic, genuine life in Jesus Christ in the world today, in your home, in your workplace, Daily? You ever find it, I feel feel like it's almost impossible to actually live this way. If you've ever tripped on any of these questions or questions like these questions or ideas or thoughts like these, you're in the right place because we're actually going to talk about this stuff next week. (laughs) So stay with us. (laughs) Just kidding. All right, we're going to check this out. Uh, and, but, but in order to do this, we need to reengage with the story that we have been uh, sharing over these past few months, and it's the story of Christ through the book of Luke. We've been engaging in this story. We've been engage, engaging in, in, in Christ's life and, and what's been happening you know, in his life, the lives around him, <clears throat> how people will approach him, people who are with him, people who are against him. All right. And we're actually going to be coming more and more into a view of some people who are actually against him. But in, in order to do this, we need to, we need to know the context of the culture. All right, the context of the culture, and when you mention culture today, a lot of people have all these different explanations on what culture is and what culture means. All right, it's almost like to scooping up Jello with your hands—you can't get it all. You're trying to figure it all out. But simply put, I have my, my own personal uh, uh, explanation or, or definition of, of of what culture is, and, how, and you know, in creating culture, uh, is simply this: you know, culture is is, is what people are thinking. And the things people are saying, the way people are acting, and how people are creating, that, that, that's culture, all right? Culture, you'll, you'll recognize culture by, by just the way, you know, a group of people speak, by the way a group of people think, and by the way a group of people act and behave, and, and, and the things that they create out of that group, you'll recognize this is culture. And so if we're going to take a look at Jesus and we're going to talk about these stories, we have to understand the context of the culture 2,000 years ago, ancient Israel, what was the culture? What was, how were people thinking? How were they speaking? How were they behaving? What were they creating? And I'll, and I'll challenge you, it's, it's a lot different than it is today. All right, it was a lot different than it is today because back then it was a very, very God-centered community. People were always thinking about God. They were talking about God. They were acting in ways that would please God, all right? And the things that they would create had something to do with God for the glory of God. That was just the common, the common theme of, of the culture 2,000 years ago in ancient Israel. That's what it was. All right? and, 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 so, and it was crazy because you know, that was kind of a hard sell. And, and, and we, we try to recreate that. We've been trying to recreate that for hundreds of years, and even, you know, even a couple of thousand years. And we've been trying and dying, man, just you know, making, getting some traction and totally failing. All right? Because even back then, a lot of people would have to pretend because they didn't have it in them all right, to continually look up. All right. A lot of people in that culture, they'd have to pretend to be a part of the culture. You ever find people doing that? Pretending to be church people? All, right. all right. Don't look in the mirror yet. Okay, hold on. All right, You ever find that, man? They would have to pretend because they didn't have it in them all right, to keep this thing going all the time. And some people just refuse to pretend. They're just, you know what? We had no problem just blatantly living against the grain. You know what? Got no God. Want nothing to do with God. Don't talk to me about God. All right? And a lot of this obviously sounds very familiar. But see, Jesus Christ, he came to change all of that. All right? He came to change all of that because the thing that they kept trying to put on kept falling off. All right? This life that they kept trying to put on just kept falling off, man. And so I want to challenge us to go back into the story. Uh, we, you know, part of it was shared last week. Now, you know, uh, I'm, there's two pieces of scripture here in Luke chapter five. Uh, if you weren't here last week, it was the, you know, where Jesus was at that party and everybody's tripping on him. I'll tell you in a little bit. And then this is another part. Now, some scholars will say these are two separate events while others will say they're the same. I'm here to tell you it doesn't really matter, right? Let's just talk about Jesus and see what he has to say to us. Amen. All right, and so the story, all right, let me, let me just kind of pray, and then I'll kind of share, summarize the story and talk where we're at. Father, we just give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you all glory, Lord God. In Jesus' name, we just pray, Lord, that you would just guide us through this, Lord. Father, we pray that your word would just stand out, and we stand out for your glory, man. We just love you, Jesus, and you just help us understand. Amen. Oh, hey, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Sorry, Yeah. <laughs> It's mom's day, all right, praise the Lord. Uh, It's a good day to bring your kid to church because we're gonna hit him right between the eyes, all right, so praise the Lord. All right, so, um, (laughs) right on, all right, so. (laughs) Anyways, um, and so when I say it doesn't matter, let me just kind of rephrase that. It, It does matter to study context and history and all these events, it's awesome, it's awesome. But for our context today, it really doesn't matter if the story was like the same moment or this happened another day, all right? And I'll share the context real quickly or the, the this story here. Last week, we talked about where Jesus was just cruising along, all right? Him and uh, his, his entourage, his, his people, all right? disciples, and they saw this dude who was a tax collector. His name was Levi, AKA uh, Matthew, you know, which is funny that there are so many aliases in the Bible. It was like, you know, if anybody needed an alias, it was probably Matthew, all right, Levi. Anyways, he was a tax collector, hated by his own countrymen, all right, because he was always trying to get wealthy off his own people, didn't care, didn't give a rip about them, and he was also working in conjunction with the Roman government, who was oppressing the Jewish people. <clears throat> Anyways, Jesus sees this cat, and he says, hey, dude, follow me, all right? The guy leaves everything and he follows him. Okay, now there's obviously more to the story, but you know, if you need more, check in last week or go, if you missed it, go, go back and uh, you'll find it online. Anyways, they go back. Uh, Levi invites Jesus over to his house. He says, we're gonna have a party for Jesus, all right? Now that's, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with having a party for Jesus, all right? What you do at the party might be questionable. But anyways, all right, they, they invited Jesus over and he invited all his tax collector and sinner friends over to the party, all right? And uh, obviously, there were some people outside that didn't get invited, and they were all mad, and they were the Pharisees, all right? And they were outside, and they were, like, telling his disciples, why does your master, you know, he's supposed to be this really holy and amazing guy, but yet he is eating with tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus, knowing exactly what they're talking about, comes out and says, you know what? It's the, you know, the, the, the healthy don't need a doctor, Right? The sick need a doctor. That's actually what he said. And, I, and something I never really thought of until last night when I was looking at this, he says, basically, I'm thinking, I wonder if Jesus is looking at these guys because they're the religious leaders of the community. I wonder if Jesus is looking at them thinking, you know what, you guys are the spiritual doctors of this community. Why aren't you in here talking to these guys? Why aren't you in here loving on them? Why aren't you in here just kind of, you know, listening to their life stories? I, I don't know. All right, anyways, all right, you know, we have on this scene, all right, I want, I want to challenge you to think about this, all right, there's, there's Jesus, there's Matthew or Levi and his friends, the sinners, there's Jesus' disciples, and then the Pharisees, all right? That's who's representing the story. And I tell you that because I want you to, I really want you to listen for who you are in the story, all right? And we're going to challenge that at the end of, this, at the, end of the sermon today. All right, so, so, so obviously we're not Jesus, okay, but there's these tax collectors and sinners that are coming to hang out with Jesus, all right? Then there's these disciples who are Jesus's, you know, his, his people, man. They're, they're the ones who are really learning from Christ and they're actually trying to do what he's doing. And then there's the Pharisees that are out there just going, mm, no way, man, no, 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 no. You guys are in trouble because you're having too much fun. All right, all right. <laughs> I want you to think about which one are you? Think about that as we tell the story, all right? And we're gonna continue with this. And here's what I, the thing that we shared last week is, and I love this idea, and I'm just bringing it up, probably has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but Jesus loved hanging out with people who are nothing like him, did you know that? And people who are nothing like Jesus loved hanging out with him, did you know that? (laughs) I mean, look around, we're here, praise the Lord. All right. and so, anyways, um, he you know he says, okay, look, aren't you guys spiritual doctors? You know, I I'm I'm here to 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 heal the sick, uh, not the well. All right, and then they switch gears and they go into this next line of thought right here in chapter five, verse thirty-three. And they, we don't know who they are. We don't know if it's the Pharisees talking, the disciples talking, the people there, or, or, or maybe some uh, some uh, Pharisee sympathizers. I don't know. And they say to him, they said, look at it, check this out. Well, the disciples of John, they fast often, they offer prayers, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours are just eating and drinking. They're just carrying on. They're just having a good time. You know, basically, you're looking at them and saying, why are your, why are your, your guys having so much fun, All right? In other words, they're looking at them and saying, look, we put a lot of work into making everybody feel bad about having a good time, and now you guys are just ruining it. That's basically what they're saying if you think about the context of the story. Right? They're saying, look, man, we've put a lot of work in the mess and making this pretty miserable for everybody. You guys are just ruining it all. Do you, you ever feel that, 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 that some, that, no, I'm just gonna, look at. <laughs> some of you probably never gonna wanna come back after this. Um, and I'm not sorry, but I just gotta tell you. All right, because uh, I'm not preaching about other people. I'm talking to you, and I'm talking to me. When I'm looking at this, I'm looking in the dang mirror, all right? And, and I'm, not, I'm not preaching for your approval right now. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I love you. Happy Mother's Day. It's really fun. It's going to be awesome. All right? Um, <laughs> But, but I have to tell you some things And I have to challenge you in some areas Because I, don't, I love you And I don't want you to be lied to And I especially don't want you to lie to yourself All right, And so they're, they're challenging him And I just want to challenge you Do you ever think that some Christians Must think that God is some big necessary bummer And so because of that They, they too or we too have to be This big necessary bummer All right, I don't know I remember we had the National Day of Prayer event here uh, a few years ago, right? And we had all the pastors here. Man, I love these pastors. I respect them, all right? They're my, they're my guys. Some of these guys have stood on their shoulders over these past 21 years that I've been up here, all right, 20 years. And, uh, and so I, I'm not saying anything about that. But when we were here, all right, we had this pre-service prayer over here in the room, in the, in the, uh, in the studio room over there. And... Um, You know, and I remember meeting with the pastors back there and I kind of, I rolled in there and one of them out of the blue looked at me up and down and said, I'd like to see that you dressed up for the occasion. Right? (laughs) Seriously. And I said, thank you, man. These are brand new Levi's. Did you notice? All right. I got this cool new church shirt logo. Never wore it before. Brand new, man. Rock and roll, man. I'm glad you dressed up too. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Amen. I remember a while back uh we had a service, I think it was in the other, the other auditorium, and, and as we started the service, man, uh, you know, people were engaging, and then as soon as I walked out to preach, I saw one guy get up visibly and go like this and walk out right as I started to preach. And then he went out and told, let everybody know that he couldn't hear me preach because I wasn't wearing a tie. I said, dude, we got a microphone. You can totally hear me preach. I even got speakers. And We got speakers outside. You can totally hear it, All right? And it's just crazy, man. I'm just, like, I'm just wondering. Like, something you ever think that some people just feel like God's this necessary bummer, all right? And they need to be one too. And so often we get caught up worshiping our own convictions and our own systems of the way that we think things should work. I don't know if Jesus ever wore a tie. I got nothing against ties. I just don't like them on my neck too long, all right? Because I just don't like. I just don't like it. All right, and, you know, I just, I just, I just, all right, I'll wear one I mean, if I do your wedding, if, if I have to, all right, um, but that's about it, all right. And what's crazy is what happens when we, when we roll in this arena, all right, when, when we think that, 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 that life is not to be enjoyed, all right, that God didn't come so that we can actually get the most out of this life for His glory. All right, we end up becoming these people group that are just, that are known for what we're against and not what we're for, not who we're for. Let me put it that way, not who we're for. There's an area in scripture, man, where people came to hear the word of God. It's in Nehemiah, all right? Ezra preached the word of God, man, and and there was all this stuff. Man, heard it for a while, and everybody just started feeling all bummered out, man. They're like, whoa, you know, because they weren't doing this. And he said, look at man, hey, 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 don't go home crazy, This is good news, man. He says, the joy of the Lord, this is your strength. He goes, go home, have a barbecue. Literally, you should read it. It's in Nehemiah chapter eight. Go home, make some food, invite some people over. And if the neighbors don't have anything to eat, make sure you get more so they can eat. And have a blast because the joy of the Lord is your strength, amen? It just... Seems that oftentimes that good people are looking for the bad to point out in others. And we're shaking our heads like, I know, but wait a second. (laughs) Again, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me. If you don't think that's you, okay, if you're you're like, I don't do that. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay. (laughs) If you don't think, I never do that, right? I don't point out. Okay, let me ask you this. Here's a serious question. Are you ever a little pleased, all right, to catch a celebrity on an off day? All right? They take that weird picture on the beach. She's got cellulite. I knew it, supermodel. Supermodel cellulite. I knew it. All right? And you're ever a little bit pleased, like, okay, cool. Give me the cookies. All right? No. Or, 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 or like this dude, he's total movie stud, but yet look at it. He's just pounding down cupcakes. I knew it. They caught him. He's got frosting on his face. Give me some cupcakes quick. It's okay. All right? We, we, we look for these faults in others, man, and we think that that's what we need to lift ourselves up, and I'm just here to say that we just need to be careful. That's, that's all I'm saying. I'm, maybe I'm just talking to myself. I need to be careful. I just need to be careful. You see, because these guys are trying to make Jesus feel bad about having a good time. And that's not cool. Look at verse 34. And Jesus comes back, and he says, check this out. That's how Jesus talked A lot of times, that's where I got that from. You know, it's not even in there, but I know he said this every once in a while. Hey, check this out check this out, that's what Jesus said, he says, can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them, He's basically saying, look at man, he's, 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 he's kind of, you know, comparing it to a wedding, where in this time context, these guys would have known exactly what they're saying, he said, look, it, you guys have these, these fasting practices, not a problem, great, these prayer practices, awesome, amazing, He said, but when they would have weddings back there, again, culturally, when they would have weddings back in those days, they would actually uh, put those practices on hold just to celebrate the day. I mean, nobody invites anybody to a wedding feast and says, look we're all gonna fast today. You should try that. You might save some money on the next wedding you do for one of your kids. We're, we're very religious people around here and we're gonna fast, all right, for this wedding celebration. Nobody's eating, all right? Believe me, it's good. It's gonna be good for you. You're gonna, you're gonna thank me later, all right? He says, man, no, there's a lot to celebrate. These tax collectors and sinners are hanging out with God. This is a good day, because I'm not gonna tell them to stop and fast and pray right now. There'll be a time for that. All right? And it is possible to enjoy life and enjoy one another and still filter your life in him. I was, I, you know, I, I was, uh, we had a couple of uh, get-togethers at our house this last week. All just, you know, all family. We had a couple of birthdays, you know, and we celebrated them at our house this week with the family, the grandkids, the kids, and everybody, and... Uh, It's pretty amazing, you know, because, you know, I've been going. We have a lot of things that have been going on around here, and a lot of things have been on my mind, and a lot of struggles, you know, uh, stuff take take place. And I've been in the front yard, man, just walking and pacing with God, and just asking Him what He, you know, what He thinks and where I'm at in this. And He's been talking to me in that. And uh, but I'm just saying, we had these get-togethers, these family get-togethers, man, and and some of this was still on my mind. And I remember uh, when I was walking out of the house one, one evening when we were doing this to take out some of the trash. I threw in the trash and I, I looked back at the house and I can hear everybody laughing in there. I can hear them just celebrating and just having fun and talking. They're just all chopping it up with each other and just having a good time. And it just brought tears to my eyes. I was just so thankful, Lord. Thank you, thank you so much for that. That right there is true riches. And so what I did is I went in the house I told everybody they had to stop laughing, stop having talking. We're gonna fast and pray right now. All right, because we're a spiritual family. We need to be an example in this mountain, all right? I didn't do that. We had a blast, enjoying the Lord. God was telling me, be thankful. Walk in there and be an example. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, you know what? The days are gonna come, all right, when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they're, they're gonna fast in those days. All right? You know, it's just gonna happen. You see, Jesus is always kind of, basically, he's kind of giving a prophecy right here. You know what? I'm threatening the system around here. This is not gonna last too long. They're gonna pull me out of this. I already know this, man. And guess what? You guys are still gonna be here, still trying to measure this life from the outside in. And that's just impossible. That's just ridiculous. The only true measurement that can be made is from the inside, with and by Jesus. you're still gonna be looking out at each other when you need to be looking up. I think it was Paul Tripp. He says, when, 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 when I am, uh, when I find myself loving God less, I find it easier for me to take his place. The, or the less I love God, the more I wanna take his place. Does that sound right? You know what I mean? And that's a real thing. So he told him a parable. And Jesus recognized the teachable moment, and he seized it. In verse 36, he says, no one tears a parable. I mean, some of you may already know this, and maybe everybody does, but just so you know, it's just basically a story that kind of relates to a spiritual topic um, or, or spiritual truth that Jesus like, you know, when you, it's like when you're trying to tell somebody about God and you say, it's kind of like this, or it's kind of like that, and you give kind of a real life example. And so that's what he does. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he'll tear the new and the piece, and, and the, and the piece from the new will not match the old. Where are you going with this, Jesus. You know, he's basically saying, look, you can't take what I'm doing right here and add it to your old way of doing things. And then for us, we can actually even take it a little bit further and say, look, you know, Jesus isn't an ingredient that you just add to your current existence. He's not an addition, all right, to a broken life in need of fixing. You ever hear somebody say, oh, he just needs a little Jesus, that person just needs a little bit of Jesus. You know what? First of all, I don't think there's a such thing as a little Jesus. And you know what? I'll guarantee to tell you, there's not a person on the planet that needs a little Jesus. There's not a person on the planet that needs a little Jesus. All right? I got news for you. All right? And this, I believe this is what Jesus is trying to say. Jesus did not come to fix broken lives. <laughs> Jesus didn't come to fix your broken life, my broken life, or any broken life. He didn't come to fix any of that. He came to make lives new. He came to make our lives new. Jesus didn't come to fix broken lives. He came to make them new. And I want you to hold on. If you missed anything today, if you miss anything today, I want you to hold on to this statement right here. Because too often we fall into the trap, man, of believing this. This is why so many people struggle with trying to be a son or daughter of God. All right? We're trying to live double lives. All right? We're trying to live this Jesus life. At the same time, we're trying to live our old life, and we're just adding some Jesus into our old life and trying to mix it up and to see what happens. And it's just not possible. When you... View Jesus as an ingredient or an additive, all right, to maybe an all right life or a not so bad life, all right, you're going to struggle with taking care of the old life and end up ignoring and not submitting to the new life because you're trying to live two lives and it is impossible to live two lives. It is impossible to live two lives. I'm talking to you. And I'm talking about me because I love you. And I know that we just, we need to know the truth about this. You see, we've, we've cultured ourselves to be all right with Jesus patches, We've cultured ourselves, especially over here, man, to be, and I say over here, I'm talking about the Western world. We've cultured ourselves, all right, into this comfortable life, all right, that's okay with Jesus patches, so on religion. And it's all worthless. It's all worthless. In fact, you know what? It's worse. All right. Sew so on religion is not good enough, but it's even worse, all right, because you are you're you're better off never hearing about Jesus than just sewing some Jesus on. All right. Why? Because now you're at least not infecting other people with this false, this, this false belief, this lie from the pit of hell. That I just need a little bit of Jesus to kickstart this life. You know what? Life got a little bit behind, man. Things got a little bit crazy. You know what? I got this I'm going to put it in my life. I got some of this. I got some of this. I got some of this. You know what? I'm going to add some Jesus on top of that. I'm telling you what. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Look at verse 37. It says, and no one puts. Okay, here's where it gets crazy. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. skins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. All right, Jesus, what are you talking about? All right, again, to understand what's taking place two thousand years ago, and it still happens today. All right, when you're making new wine, right, when you're making wine, all right, they would put it in what in these goat skins. All right, they would put, put in these goat skins that have been treated. All right, and you know, all the all the and, you know, all the uh, any, anything that would you know, taint the flavor has been taken out, all right? And they, and they would put this, they'd, they'd come up to a little, you know, a little, the big old round gig like this, and they'd pour the new wine in there into a new wineskin because the new wineskin had had, had, still had room to stretch. The leather would still stretch. And the wine that you're throwing in there would actually start to ferment and actually start to create this chemical reaction and start to explode inside there and just kind of just, and, and would expand. And so you would take a new wine, put it in a new wineskin so it would expand. You know, when wineskins got old, all right, they, they, they actually reached their limit of expansion, all right? They would not, they would actually get kind of brittle on the outside. It's still was good for carrying wine. You want to make it last as long as you can, but you would never put new wine in it because if you did, all right, it would start to expand that old, brittle skin. And guess what? You'd not only lose the wine, you'd lose the wineskin. Everything would be a total loss. Your life, all right, before Christ is an old wineskin, all right? It's already filled with, 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 with a lot of junk. And it's starting to rip, man, and it's starting to tear. And Jesus didn't come to just patch up your wineskin. He's not coming to say, let's just add a little bit of Jesus in it. Let's put a little bit of new wine in there so we don't wreck the skin, Oh, man, he, his new life isn't going to fit into your old life. Do you get that? You know, this, I had to, I had to understand this immediately upon giving my life to Christ. It's probably the greatest thing I could have understood, man, is that, is that his new life doesn't fit inside my old life. There's barely enough room for me in there. He needs room to expand. He needs room to explode. Jesus didn't come to fix broken lives, He came to make them new. There's a core reality right here that needs to be addressed. All right? There's a core reality that this life will always come up short until you truly decide to give it up. Until you truly decide to die. What does that mean? It means that I am in him before I expect him to be with me. I'm in him before I expect him to be with me. Why is it... why? this is, this is elementary, man, but this is, this is essential. This is foundational. We keep trying to go on to the horizontal living. Like, I need to do this and do that. Don't do this, don't do that. I think this is okay, but I don't think this is okay. And when we move immediately to the horizontal, everything falls apart because we have ignored the vertical. We need to go up before we go out. I was listening. I don't know if it was Matt Chandler or somebody else. and We're talking about this idea, this the same idea, when, in, the, in the form of repentance. All right, when 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 people, when I when I ask people to forgive me if I if I've wronged somebody and I'm truly repentant to that person. All right, and if I just go to that person, I'm like, ah, I just need you to forgive me. I just need you to forgive me. I just need you to forgive. And they don't forgive me. I'm wrecked. All right, but if I go up first and and, and, and pursue that vertical forgiveness, that vertical repentance, then whether you forgive me or not, is not going to kill me. Do I want it? Yes. Do I pursue it? Yes. But I'm not dependent on it because I'm only dependent on him. And so I go up before I go out. I'm in him before I expect him to be with me. Galatians 2.20. I love, this is my This is a verse that God, I've shared this with you before. God has given me this verse. Early on in my walk with Christ, the first year of my walk into Christ, and there was just something about Paul's declaration right here, his commitment, that I thought, you know what? I want to be that. I want to be this guy. Uh, Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified. This is what Paul said. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. Now, we know that, how, that, 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 that Paul wasn't on a cross next to Christ. He wasn't on a cross with Christ. But listen to what he's talking about and see if you can relate. I have been crucified with Christ. My, 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 you know, it, says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. All right? The old wineskin was, was, was buried away, was emptied and buried. And this new wineskin is filled with Jesus. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who has been poured into me, this new wine. And the life I now live, all right, in this new wineskin, I now live in the flesh. I live by faith. Faith that has room to breathe. Faith that has room to expand. Faith that has room to explode. Faith that is not afraid to change the world. Amen? Amen. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's all or it's nothing at all. You got that? Read this with me out loud. It's all or it's nothing at all. That's it, man. That's it. It's all or it's nothing at all. A new life, all right, in a new life is what's necessary. His new life in my new life is what's necessary. I'm not talking about a better you. I'm talking about a new you. I'm not talking about a makeover or makeup. I'm talking about a whole new creation. Amen. Look at what he says, Jesus continues in verse 38, and new wine, but new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. Jesus is is teaching, is not gonna conform to old ways. He needs a new form, new spirit, a new way, a new approach. 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Jesus didn't come to fix broken lives. He came to make them new. Amen? And no one, he says, no one after, you know, you know, some people have a hard time with this. No one after drinking old wine desires anew, for he says the old is good. Some people are just setting their ways, man. Is that you? Jesus didn't come to fix broken lives. He came to make them new. Amen? So what are we going to do about that? (laughs) Right? It depends on who you are. You remember earlier I asked you, man, to think about the story. There's a party going on. Are you the tax collectors and sinners that were nothing like Jesus but loved to hang out with Jesus? Are you the disciples that were with Jesus, learning from him, all right, so that you can carry on exactly what he's doing and do exactly the way he's doing it? Are you the Pharisees who are outside looking in and going, man, these people are messed up? I want you to be honest with that. If you don't know, if you're like, well, I don't know exactly which one I am because I think I'm this one. I want to be this one. Or... Well, well, let's go back to our questions that we started with at the very beginning. Do you remember? Because what question appeals to you most will probably reveal Maybe who you are in the story. Remember the first question? Do you ever find yourself judged by people even though you can't stand being, do you ever find yourself judging people even though you can't stand being judged by others? Or, or do you ever wonder why so many other Christians seem to be having way more fun than, with this than you? If that's the case, maybe, maybe that you're, you appeal more to the, the life of the Pharisee. And if that's the case, here's what I want you to do. Number one, if you're the Pharisee, don't get so impatient with others. Remember how God dealt with you. Remember how he dealt with you in, 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 in with patience and with gentleness. If, if you appeal to that question of judging others and, you know, and not like being judged yourself or wondering why does everybody have more fun than you around there, then, then, then maybe you're 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 you you appeal to that mindset. And I'm not saying that you're a horrible person. Maybe you're just willing, you know, I know you're here because you're, you're willing to allow God to pour in that new wine. And if that's, if, that's, if that's who you are, then don't get so patient with others. Remember how God dealt with you. Or maybe you, you, you like, you're thinking about the other question. Do you ever feel like no matter what you do, you can never please God? Remember that one? You feel like no matter what you do, you can never please God. And if that's your question that you appeal to most, maybe you appeal more to the tax collectors and the sinners who are in that party. And they're just trying to figure out what it means to be close to God and they don't know if they should be close to God. You ever feel like if I get too close to God, I'm gonna get them dirty? If that's you, then, then number two is for you, man. Tax collectors and sinners, thank God for setting you free from the lies that you believed about him because that's a lie from the pit hell you can never please God no matter what you do Jesus did it already and in our response to what Christ did on the cross his death, his burial, his resurrection he is Lord, he is God he is risen all the time because of that, because of what he did I respond to him and guess what God is pleased with that So thank God, all right, that, 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 that for setting you free from any of the lies that you believed about him. Or maybe it's that last question. Do you ever feel like it's almost impossible to live a real, authentic, genuine life in Christ? Maybe even in the world today. I'll add that. Do you ever feel like it's almost impossible to live a real, authentic, genuine life in Christ in the world today? If that's the case, maybe you appeal more to the disciples of Christ. And number three, I have, if you, if you appeal that, then I will challenge you, never water down the truth of God. Let it have your way, its way in your life and never apologize for it. Don't water down the truth of God. Let us have its way in your life and never apologize for it. Well, here's the trick. I think all of us kind of appeal every once in a while to each of those questions. And therefore, at any given moment, we could be either person in the room. I will challenge you to recognize that Jesus said, it's finished he completed the work on the cross and if you are here and if you trust that work and if you're here for you know to trust the, the finished work of Christ then 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 maybe number 4 your area you're everyone in the room man and and then your position is to go and make disciples of Christ not converts to your own thoughts and opinions new wine in a new wineskin New wine is already ready. Maybe it's the wineskin that we're what we're waiting on. What's taking you so long? Amen. Jesus didn't come to fix broken lives. He came to make them new. Amen. I'm gonna put it up right here. You might take a snapshot of this. Here's what, I, here's what I want you to read this week. You're looking what to read in the scriptures here's what we went through some of the scriptures that we went through i want you to check it out check our work all right check your work and trust his work amen praise the lord happy mother's day <laughs>